This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. Today I'm joined, we've both got a, a brew in our hands here, Brian. Brian Degnan, our regular Friday contributor. Um, I'm jumping on on Friday. It's a big weekend. There's loads to talk about. Massive weekend, actually, for Celtic. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to present you with this beautiful item, this beautiful human being, in actual fact. This here was the first Celtic game I ever went to, Brian. Wow. It was a Tommy Burns testimonial. The reason I'm bringing it up is today would have been Tommy's birthday. 
Um, he shares a birthday with Paddy McCourt and Tam Rogic. He was born in 1956, was Tommy Burns. And um, it just so happens that that was the first game I ever went to. It was Sunday, the 9th of August, 1987, Celtic versus Liverpool. And I remember it vividly. I remember them beating us 1-0. I, I liked that Liverpool team. Dalgleish was the player manager. You had John Barnes. You had you know John Aldridge, Peter Beardsley. It was a great side. Um, but then Tommy like followed me throughout my my Celtic support in life, my first season ticket, Tommy's the manager, um, and all that kind of stuff. So a wee memory of Tommy Burns today. What's your memory of the great man, Brian? Wow, well, there, there's so many stories I always spring to mind. Uh, me personally, I always loved when I was as anyone who watches knows I was a massive Gordon Stratton fan. I remember Tommy being part of his backroom team and the way Stratton always spoke about him and the influence yeah. he had on that team. You know, it just, it, it almost like, whenever I think of Celtic, Tommy Burns, I don't even necessarily think of the player. I think of the, the man, and I think of what he brought to that team as a coach and as a person. And one of the my favourite Tommy Burns stories is actually for a Rangers player. And it was um, Ian Ferguson was talking about his first um, game against uh, Celtic. He says, and during the game, he kept hearing this voice saying, just calm down, son, just play the game. Don't worry about it. You're all right. You're all right. And he just assumed it was by the Rangers boys, and he turned around, it was Tommy Burns. Because mm. he was only seventeen when he made his debut, and I just that always I always think stories when it's your rivals saying something about you so meaningful. I think it goes to the caliber of person, and um, and there's always there's that that brilliant video when it's his um, he's at the dinner and he's giving the speech and he's got Walter Smith and McCoy at the table, and he's saying um, he's saying I done I done so well as Celtic manager, um, I get sacked while you were in charge, Walter. So thanks for that, yeah. So and so, but it's brilliant. It's just great humour, and and I think he epitomises something that we talk about a lot in the show. Is just that sort of he is in many ways the epitome of Celtic. You know, the type of character, the type of man. He's charitable ethos, the the wonderful things. The the story about Scott Brown's sister. I know. Um, I mean, it's just 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 a beautiful human being. Really, mm-hmm. an, an amazing legacy. And actually, the last time you and I were, were on, Paul, we were talking about the statue of Blank Neil. And statues of players, and as said, you know, when you you leave such an impression, not just in a football club, but as a human being, yeah, right. And, and Tommy Burns fits fits right into that for me. Uh, why Lennox Town was never called the Tommy Burns Academy, or to, it, but kills me to this day. It's, it's bizarre. I'm always fairly no defensive, but I do try and balance the sort of corporate side, the football side. But that that's the most bizarre own goal Celtic have ever scored. I, I know. I, and it and it remains unnamed. I mean, it, it gets referred to as Lennox Town, right? Just like Celtic Park often is referred to as Parkhead. It's not called Parkhead, it's just the area that it's in. And I think that um, the Tommy Burns Academy is something that uh, would ring true with so many Celtic fans. What do you think in the comments section? Should we be renaming the academy, the Tommy Burns Academy? done so much for that. It was his vision at the end of the day. And um, I think that every single player that comes through that academy, um, if they were to live their life the way that Tommy uh, lived his, then they'll be doing all right. And if they if they achieve half the things that Tommy did in the game, Brian, they'll be doing A-OK. Tommy Burns, of course, one of just 12 Celtic players to make 500 or more appearances for the club. Um, and the most recent addition to that list was Scott Brown. Um, although... We've got a couple of guys in the current squad who look as though they're going to make the the 500 club as well. Um, 
I don't know who's going to do it first. I mean, Jamesy Forrest has got 45 games to go, I think, before he enters the realms of the Jimmy McMenemies and Alec McNairs. Um, and then you've got Callum McGregor, of course, who's a couple of years younger than James, but he plays more consistently. And that takes us on to this weekend, because Callum McGregor will be returning. Let's have a wee chat about the Aberdeen game, Brian. We've been talking about Lennox Town. The big man Ange is up there on snow patrol. Um, today because he's been clearing the snow somebody got stuck <laughs> in the roads um, the, the man you know he can do anything he can turn his antenna in can he jumps out the motor sorts out the public gives you a toe gives you a high five takes selfies he's great and actually do you know what's funny you know starting off talking about Tommy Burns and you talk about the person and the culture and the way you want a, like a, a, a Celtic man to be and I don't mean that as a Catholic or a Celtic fan I mean that as someone that exhibits the qualities that you want for, for safety and Andrew's like that, right? It's the thing we always talk about. He's, he's, he, he might know it'd be as iconic as, as, you know, I told me Burns, you don't know how long he's going to be here, but he exhibits those real human qualities. And actually, why I think he's been so successful is because he gets players that have got that real good quality about them. You look at the, even the, the Alistair Johnson press conference, yeah. he's been such a likeable guy. Mm-hmm. And any other players that Andrew's brung in, they all seem like really nice young lads. And it's that culture and that sort of humbleness that I think is why we're going to be successful. And again, that's epitomised not only by Ange, but as you said, the, the man himself who's destined to be a legend to two of them, James A. Forrest and, and Callum McGregor. Um, <clears throat> I think Forrest, I've said before, I think he's a Celtic legend. Uh, I don't think there can be any doubt. I know people have always, if they come on the scene, Terry Tiles will always be saying he's not good enough. But it, it, it blows my mind. I think he's an incredibly intelligent footballer. I do agree his best days are probably behind him. But I think he's got a lot to offer. And I think his record, I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, it's, mm. it's frightening. It's him, him, Jinky and Henrik Larson, 100 assists, 100 goals. Is that right? It's incredible, Brian. I mean... That, that's, that's, that's Celtic royalty. I know. That's, that's up there. The, the indisputable. Um, and I think, you know... Hopefully, when he when he does finish his game, maybe we'll look back more favourably. But in the moment, Cal McGregor, what a what a player, what a, and what a guy as well. Really nice guy as well. But the impact of him coming back is huge for us. Um, it's massive. It's massive. I, before, I think that everybody knows I love Martin Riley. I think he's, he's probably our star player in terms of just quality. I think he's he's a real superstar in the making. But him dropping back to Philan McGregor just shows that a he's better moving forward and B, McGregor is irreplaceable because as good as Matt O'Reilly's been, it, no one in that squad can do what McGregor does in terms of how Ange wants to play and how he transforms for uh, defence and attack. He's, he's, I've said for a long time, I think McGregor's one of the most underrated Scottish footballers for, for, for a long time. I think if he played in the Spanish league, he'd fit him perfectly and he'd be a hero. Yeah. He's Callum McGregor, you know, everybody would be talking about him. The thing is there, a couple of points that you make, you you spoke there about um, how James Forrest is actually viewed at this moment in time. And um, I think that you could relate that to the World Cup, right? Because moving into the the current World Cup tournament, I had a discussion with um, a pal of mine who works in the studio who's about 20 years younger than me, Brian. Most people appear to be these days. Um, And he's talking about Messi and he's talking about Ronaldo. And I said, listen, that's brilliant. That's great. But see, when you... Fast forward 25, 30, 40 years, right? They will ask 
um, the, the question, who was the greatest of all time? And obviously, there are others that don't really get a mention with Pele and Maradona. Uh, you know, you've got Di Stefano, you've got Puskas, you know, and there's so much uh, opinion based. But what it'll come down to is whether or not you've won the World Cup. And I said that. Uh, to my mate, I said, you know, Messi needs to win the World Cup before you can start speaking to him, about him rather, in the same vein as a Pele on Maradona. And I think that, by the way, no comparing James Forrest to any of the guys I've just mentioned, <laughs> but in, in the future, in the future, people will look back and say, here's a guy that won nine in a row, Brian. He won four trebles in a row. He, he, he made 100 goals. He scored 100 goals. He made 500 appearances. And maybe then, He'll be as revered as he should be. When you're in the eye of the storm, like you say, sometimes players are underappreciated. And I think he's one of the guys. And and it'll be when we look back on him, we'll say, actually, the stats speak for themselves. This guy is a legend. And I think, I think that, in time, that'll be accepted. I think that there's a, there's a sort of... And again, linking back to, to Tommy, there's a, I think there's a bias because he came through the academy. I think because we've never signed him for, for six million and he's for, for Glasgow. I think there's this weird thing that we sort of certain academy players, certain players that come through, we just we don't quite ever appreciate because we never signed them. It's mm. a weird. Like I always think of a guy. I think I'm quite excited for this, but I, I do believe it. I think Steve McManus is an incredibly underrated player for us. I don't think he was ever an incredible defender, but he, he captained us to the last sixteen twice. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He, 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 he you know, he captained us to the leagues. Um, he captains how to get every level at the club and, and captains at that level and I always think guys like that are kind of underappreciated because people go you know am I saying he's one of the South Korea ever captains no but he represented us at a stage in, in Europe say that nobody else did mm-hmm. they need to talk about him because Steve McManus do you see what I, I mean guys absolutely and it's, and it's it's a wee bit I don't know if it's a, a an advice thing and I say it goes back to my point about Callum McGregor if he had a different surname I think people would be told him that. I think he's maybe slightly different because I think people realise now what he's worth more than maybe even a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But I still think he's one of those guys that's, that's vastly underrated. Yeah. And it's great that he's coming back. It's interesting you mentioned McManus because I think one of the biggest errors that Tony Mowbray made when he came come in as a Celtic manager was he broke up that central defensive partnership because um, you know what maybe they weren't the most cultured footballers in the world Brian, Steve McManus and Gary Caldwell right but they, they led us to these glories like you say under Gordon Strachan and you know McManus is still at the club and I think that's important not because um, uh, being over sentimental and it's not jobs for the boys but a club like Celtic needs um, the backbone of uh, both the playing staff and behind-the-scenes staff to know what Celtic's all about. I mean, Martin O'Neill spoke about um, the importance of John Clark to Celtic when Martin O'Neill took over as a manager. Here's a Lisbon Lion, who at that time was the kit man. And, uh, you know, Leo, um, Henrik Larsson spoke about it as well, how a Lisbon Lion, the guy who won the European Cup, is preparing the, the jerseys and preparing the boots for the players. So humble, but so important behind the scenes. Um, and we will be obviously talking about Callum McGregor's return. Aberdeen, there's going to be plenty of people in the comments section saying, get on to the Aberdeen preview. Let's talk about the Dons. We will. We'll do it right now. And we'll get on to some other subjects as well. Donny boy, um, still bleak in Doric country. Snow melted a bit yesterday and it's slush, but froze over during the night. Roads are fine and in tune. 
and surrounding areas. Uh, not sure about Patorji though. Hope the game is on. Well, yeah, let's hope it is. And um, obviously, I think with this weather, Brian, it'll lead us on to some of the other charity endeavours we're going to be talking about on the show. It's a it's a bleak reminder in the morning when you wake up and it's Baltic and you've got to defrost your car and that. The first thing that I think about is people who are homeless, people who can't afford to put on their heating. And obviously we, there's a few things happening this weekend that we're going to be talking about that hopefully can help those um, who don't have as much as us, um, you know, and, and that's important particularly at this time of the year. We've got Celtic follower coming in. Welcome back, sir. And you're on the YouTube. I'd assume we will play the usual team minus Juranovic. Um, so Ralston will be in it right back with Faxabanovic, Forrest, Maeda, and possibly Moy, uh, Kobayashi, although still Turnbull with the Gucci, McCarthy, Welsh, Jens. But yeah, it shows just how big the squad is, although Kobayashi will not be available for selection until the 2nd of January against Rangers. And who knows if he'll be in the team. At that point, let's talk about the lineup. Then, I don't think personally there is any question that McGregor walks right back in, takes the captain's armband, and Matt O'Reilly goes back to his normal normal position in the midfield. Would you agree with that, Brian? Yeah, I think that's you know out of all the the the, the decision that's going to be made, that's the the obvious one. I think not just because he's the captain. It's because of what he gives that midfield. I say, I've said that a bunch of times. I've said it already. No one else can do what he can do in that team. And actually, I think, we'll probably talk about it later, but that's why I think we've had such a problem getting in another number six's cover because he's quite unusual in that role because he's not amazing defensively, McGregor. But what he's incredible at is turning defence into attack and that coverage and that intelligence of play. We're just... You know, as good as we've been this season, and it actually shows how good we can be as a squad because we've played really well without him. But without him in the team, there, there is something missing in that midfield. Um, so him coming back in is going to be great. I think it's it sounds like a, one of those romantic things to say, but having your captain back in there, the players will get such a lift for that. He's so popular amongst the squad that they, they can't help but be sort of... Um, Energised by his presence, I think yeah. back last season. Remember, it was the it was the the, the game they'd expect him to play. Was it finished Faros? And he turned him and Kyogo turned up and started up. started Aye. the game at home. Yeah, and it was just it's you know I remember um, Colin talking about it and he said it was such a surprise of the like the Undertaker appeared and just turned on the lights at Parkhead and Callum McGregor was standing and I always was always so stuck in my head and I think you know that effect on the team it's huge and again. Pushing uh, O'Reilly further forward is key for us as well because, again, I think... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Tumble can fill in quite well in that position, but it doesn't have the legs. But if you get Hatati, may regulate, doesn't need to. O'Reilly's got that, but he's also got the legs and he can defend for the front. So it just adds such a strong dynamic. And it's, um, it, it's you know, it's funny, it's like it's a bit like last season because if you think of we meant into the latter part of the season, there was those injuries and then players started coming back. Then we get the new guys coming in and it built to an amazing crescendo, and I can see it happening this way as well. The players will be at a bit of rest, 
they'll be getting better. McGregor coming back. It's um, it's very exciting time. It is. And, you know, we're going to be talking about every area of the park, but when you were talking about the, the lift that you get from a player like McGregor coming in, I was thinking about um, when Ange first came in, we were talking about the lack of leadership at Celtic on the park, Brian, and we were talking about who takes the captain's armband now that we've lost Scott Brown. In one fell swoop, we lost Scott Brown, the captain of the football team. We lost our manager of the football team. We lost the CEO, three heads of department almost, all left the building, and we were screaming out for leadership. I now look at this team, and I can see more than one captain. I know that Callum McGregor's got a captain's armband on. You've got Carter Vickers, who plays like a leader at the back. You've got Joe Hart, who's a born captain in goals. And I think what we've now got is we've developed a situation where you you think about the great Celtic sides. I started up the conversation this afternoon by naming Tommy Burns. And I think about that type, that team that, that I watched back in the 1980s. And I'll go into the middle pages because that's where the team groups used to be. Look at the guys that you could have looked upon to be kind of captain material leaders. Pat Bonner. He's a captain all day long. Mick McCarthy, he he you know proved that he was a leader. Roy Aiken was that type of player. Peter Grant was that type of player. Tommy Burns himself uh, was that kind of player. So I think great sides have got three or four potential captains in the team. Uh, obviously, the main leader is always going to be Callum. But I think now we've got Catavickers, we've got Joe Hart, both of whom make the starting lineup. Um, I think the defence, I'm not going to say it picks itself because we need to talk about the central defensive uh, situation uh, as we move on as well and what we're going to do with some of the players that are already in the squad. On the right-hand side of the park, Tony Ralston comes back in. I don't think there's any argument about that. On the left, Greg Taylor, he's having the, the season of his life. Who do you start at centre-half though, Brian? Uh, so for me, it's, <coughs> it's 100% quite the Carter Vickers and Jens. I just think that the that, that that partnership's been so secure. Yeah, I don't know the stats. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we've conceded a lot more goals with Jens than we have Starfield. I don't know, right? But just be looking at it, it seems like the way we play is better. The dynamics are a bit better. I think I think Jens is a, a must-buy for us. I think he's really good. Um, he may well start Starfield, or he'd be surprised. But for me, Starfield, again, he just always looks... You spoke about Tony Mowbray earlier. Mm-hmm. Starfield always looks a wee bit cumbersome at the back when he's in possession. I think he's a really good defender. I just think the way we play is so much of the ball. At times, he always looks a bit kind of awkward putting on his stronger foot. So I would start with Jens. And it's funny you mentioned Greg Taylor because we talk about you know captain material in the squad. Also, McGregor, Carter, Vickers, Joe Hart. But I think it was Kevin Graham once got slaughtered for for saying that. But Greg Taylor's, you know, if you talk about captains that take ownership of their career and play by lead by example, mm. you want to see Greg. He's been our best player this season. In my opinion, certainly domestically, I think he's been excellent. And I he's overcome. He has overcome a situation, Brian, Correct. where we signed him and it looked for a while that the gaffer didn't fancy him. I'm talking Neil Lennon. It looked right. as though he didn't fancy him. Um, and he's overcome that. And I think that when you come through that kind of rough period as well, it's all the sweeter when you start uh, finding your form and getting the credit. You're right, Kev Graham has been lambasted a few times over the years. That was one of the things uh, he spoke about. Not only Greg Taylor being a, a really decent player, but he had the leadership qualities. And he did say that. And he said that a long time ago. Uh, ah, he was so... spot on. I, I, you know, um, he, he was absolutely correct, Kev. And, and I think you've really seen it just now because... Again, people people lead in different ways, right? People that shout ball at each other, you get people that just sort of motivate the team, you get people that... But I think when you look at him, players must look at him, especially younger guys or guys that maybe aren't playing as regularly, and say, look at Greg. He's he's no 
Ange never signed him. He was there when he came. Mm-hmm. And maybe at first he never quite got it. You know, last season he could be a bit shaky at times, but this season he's went right. That's the challenge that we're improving. He has, and I say I, th- I think he's been absolutely excellent. And I think if you're a player, you've got to look at that and go, well, do you know what? If he can pull his socks up and you know defy the odds almost, we can do it. I think O'Reilly as well. They give him yet another shout out, but I think at, at times he's really took the game by the scruff of the neck. I think it was the Dundee United game in particular. Uh, one of the last ones, and he just ref- he just refused to lose it. Mm. He just refused, and it, you could see him driving forward. And I think as you see, we've got that all over the pitch. And go back to James Forrest as well. When he comes on, he, he does get a, there is a calmness to him now. He's so experienced that he can relax every day and just he's no he's one of those guys. I think sometimes it doesn't look like he does much, but when he does do something, it's very effective. He's almost the the opposite of like a Hitati and O'Reilly. Because they just try everything all the time and yeah. you know it comes off sometimes it doesn't. But as Forrest doesn't, he's very conservative, but when he does, it's generally quite effective. Hence he's hundred goals, hundred assists. So mm. I you're right about the, the captaincy, but that's the nature of any good team in it. Because when you're you are struggling, they can really get people up. Absolutely. I mean, some of the players you mentioned there, I'm, I'm looking at the midfield, you've already mentioned O'Reilly and McGregor. Would you um, complete that triangle, that trio with, with Hatati? Because, I mean, he's been sensational this season as well. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll say with Hatati, he always reminds me of Samaras in that, I mean, he's not like him as a player, right? He doesn't look like him, but he's so inconsistent at times. But the difference with Samaras is after three minutes, you knew if Samaras was going to have a blinder or he was going to be rotting the big man, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Hatati does that throughout the game. You know, sometimes he can't do a five-yard pass and you go, jeez, real. And there's times it wasn't amazing on up, it's not a 30-yard cross right on someone's foot. It's just incredible. And he's just one of those players because of that, because what he offers you is much better than even his worst game. You always have to have him in the team, I think. Because he can just come up with something unbelievable. And it's times where he can frustrate. But because of what he does, he's so good, it's offset against any weakness. And off the ball, there's a real energy. I think he always yeah. um, links in really well. You, if you look at your, your front three, you have him coming in, he always interchanges with the left and right wingers. And it's just always a nice tight. And again, for when Greg Taylor comes in, for example, Katata can move out, Maeda, see if Kingwin or Jota can cut in. So you suddenly Greg Taylor in midfield. Hatati out left, Jot as a second striker, and Kyogo will drop back. But that's the magic of your team, and I think we need as many players like that as possible that can just alternate. Because mm. I tell you what, it must be a nightmare to mark. Oh, yeah. Nightmare to play against. I mean, the adaptability in game, like you say, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean with Hatati. He can be brilliant and pretty poor all in the same game. Whereas with Samaras, like you said, within five minutes, you knew if he was up for it or not. Um, and more often than not, it was the big games he was up for, which was, um, you know, when he was great, he was superb. And then other times he was a passenger. He was an absolute passenger. Um, up top, I think, might be more of a debate because you've got a lot of players who will talk about the 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 uh, World Cup um, and what that's given to the players who are coming back, such as Maeda, who you might look at uh, his World Cup performances and say, do we start him or is he going to be rested? You've got Abada, you've got Haksabanovic, you've got Jota. And then the big question up top with Yakimakis and, Yakimakis rather, and Kyogo. So who's your front three, Brian, for uh, for tomorrow's game? So the front three that I think will start will be Abada, Jota, Kyogo. 
the front three I would start would be Haksabanovic, Kyogo, Jota. I just think that, that I like a winger to be a winger. And I know that traditionally the way Ange plays, you tend to find that if, say, Jota plays on the right, Mieda plays on the left. And Mieda and Abada tend to occupy the same sort of role. They're almost like a second striker. So whenever Jota's doing his stuff, they pause in at the back post. Abada's considerably better at it, to be fair, than Mieda is. Um, but I just, I, I love us when we play with wingers. And I just think Haksabanovic and Jota and Kyogo, that movement of that front three, combined with the midfields we talk about, the Aberdeen players would tied knots. And, it, and the reason I would go for that is because I think it would be a harder game than we expect tomorrow. I think I think Goodwin's done a good job. And I know they've not got a good record against his Aberdeen in general, but I would like to approach it slightly differently, just with your two outright wingers, mm-hmm. and just have them run riot and tie people knots and then bring on an Abada or a Maeda. Because although I've been quite critical of Maeda because he's not very clinical and he's no... I think the amount of chances he gets versus conversion is quite poor. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think that if you're an Aberdeen defender and you've been chasing Miota and Haksavanovic and Kyogo about and then Mieda comes on, that's that's got to be demoralising at least. But if it was in the legs. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that we're probably on the same page when it comes to team selection. Um, I also think it's going to be a really, really tough game tomorrow um, because of the not just the conditions, but the fact that Goodwin's home record has been pretty decent this season. I'm going to bring in some of the comments. Danielle, welcome back to the show. You're watching on the YouTube channel, if you are watching on this, and you've not yet subscribed to YouTube, make sure you do. Uh, we'll be giving away the uh, tickets that we announced the other week there and monthly prizes just for being a subscriber to a Celtic state of mind. You might have noticed, actually, that we've rebranded the channel. There's a there's a reason, there's a strategy behind all of that. Um, we obviously have been running a Celtic State of Mind for some time now. 2017, Brian, uh, was the first episode Kevin and I recorded of the show. And it's now a very visual show and we have a studio and we have uh, capabilities to do fully produced content. And we haven't just been focusing on Axon over the last year or so because we've set up a media company and an events company and a studio. Um, but in 2023, we are definitely going to be refocusing on Axon content, bringing you loads more stuff, both live streams like you're watching just now, as well as big interviews and uh, mini documentaries and even music videos, which will lead me on to something else that we're going to be doing tonight. Um, so yes, we have rebranded the channel, A State of Mind and all the non-Celtic material will be on a separate channel that has to be built manually so that will happen gradually in the background but if you subscribe to Axon on YouTube you will get exclusively Celtic content um, Danielle just so excited to see the boys back tomorrow aren't we all Danielle anyone catch the handball Hibs should have had a penalty for now for me it isn't a handball but if James Sands is wearing a Celtic top it's a penalty um, <clears throat> I was going to speak about that last night because I'm going to be honest with you maybe it's because we've been so busy with the charity weekenders coming up um, there's a book signing in Glasgow there's a charity single being launched tonight and premiered on the YouTube channel I didn't even know Rangers were playing last night and I, I'm not making that up I had no idea and then I'm flicking through my Twitter page and you see that incident Daniel's talking about right and I'm thinking is this an old one that's been missed I then go online and find out they, they were playing I didn't even know now, 
I'm not making it up, Brian. I'm not one of these obsessives that like, always watches Rangers and all that stuff. I genuinely didn't know the game was going ahead. But obviously, I have retrospectively looked at that. And obviously, they won the game 3-2 at home. And there is this big talking point. Danielle's brought it up, so let's talk about it, Brian. Have you seen the handball or not that no, uh, Daniel refers to? I've heard was a chatter about it. I actually thought, I, I knew they were playing, but I thought it was tonight they were playing. Hmm. I, I, did, I thought it was weird that, and it was, uh, it was one of my mates, was in a group chat, and he was texting about it. And that's when I checked the score, and at the time it was 2-1 to, to Hibs. And I thought, oh, jackpot, here we go. But obviously it finished 3-2. Um, but I, I, and then they were talking about a, a penalty, but I never... I never saw anything about it, to be honest. Although I'm no surprised to hear that it wasn't given. It wasn't even reviewed. Um, and I do think that there's going to be much more discussions like this. I do. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say that I'm on that kind of train where I think that everybody on the planet is against us. Absolutely not. But I'll tell you this much. When you look at the combination of uh, refereeing decisions um, and inconsistencies, that continually occur in Scottish football. It does make you look at that and just think, you know, yeah, you've got incompetence, but also you've got bias. And I've spoken about bias. I can't I can't prove, not, none of us can prove uh, the cheating and the corruption that some people um, cite. But you, you know that bias exists, Brian. It exists in all walks of life. You've got biases, so do I. So does everybody that's watching this show. Um, so yeah, there is bias, of course there is And there's really, really bad decisions I'm going to disagree with Daniel I think it was a penalty um, Even if I take my green tinted specs off I think it was a penalty to Hibs uh, What do you think in the comments section? Let us know We've got Stevie Murray um, My first memory of Tommy Burns Let's talk about Tommy uh, When I was in the main stand in the 70s For a pre-season friendly And the back of the head of a pure carrot-coloured hair Came out from the tunnel um, I always remember that as well, though. It's like the Technicolor. Um, I mean, that was my first game. But it's the smells and the colours and, and all that kind of stuff that you remember from these games. Um, and I was just talking yesterday uh, to Big Andrew Milne, Big Millish, who runs the Celtic Soul podcast. Uh, you'll know him from more than 90 minutes. He's just done a really good uh, feature on my new book in there, chatting away yesterday to him. And we were talking about if you could, if you could go back in time, Brian, um, and visit... Celtic moments, which moments would you visit? And I know there's a lot of obvious ones, right? There really is. There's the 7-1 game, the Coronation Cup final, um, some of the incredible European performances, including the Leeds United semi-final in 70 or the European Cup final in 67. You get all this kind of thing. And it's one of the kind of questions that maybe Kevin Graham would pose to you. Um, you know, let's think out of the box. But there's a moment, and it's bizarre, people might think this is weird, right? I would go back to 1983, and I'd go to Butlins in here, right? Because that was the holiday destination of people like me who didn't have much money. But in 1983 in air, right, Roy Aiken and Bobby Lennox used to visit. And I think others, I've seen pictures, right? And there's going to be people tuning in right now who know exactly what I'm talking about. So you'd be going for a week's holiday, Brian, at Butlins, right? And you're just a kid. I mean, what age was I? Five, four or five. And Roy Aiken was there. And he had the Celtic tracksuit and all the rest of it with this curly, this incredible curly hair, this mop of curly hair. And mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It would coach young players. So you would put your name in and you could maybe get a seven aside or whatever and Roy Aiken was there coaching you, right? And then he would get his picture taken with all the, all the guys and girls who were queuing up. The reason I'd go back to that moment, Brian, right, is because I never got my picture taken with Shirley, as he was called, right, the bear, and the reason I never got my picture taken is because my cousin had a Celtic top and I didn't. And it was the away kit, which was green, bottle green, with a white white pinstripe, right? And the, the plan was that Kenny, named after Kenny Dalglish, <coughs> would get his picture taken. And then give me the top. And then I would get my picture taken. Um, but he refused to give me the top. My cousin, my man, if you're listening to this podcast you'll remember this he refused to give me his top so I refused to get my picture taken because I threw the toys at the pram and to this day it's a regret right so Kenny's got this amazing retro image of this curly haired Roy Aiken holding him because we're Burns we're four we're five whatever the age is we're roughly the same age and he's wearing this amazing away jersey and I don't have my picture so I'd go back to 83 Brian and I'd put that right. It's a big regret of mine. Uh, what about yourself? If you could travel back in time for one Celtic moment, what would it be? Well, I mean, it's the obvious one's the, the, the European Cup, and it to, to sort of be there. But I think the one that immediately sprung to mind was the um, the Real Madrid game with Jinky just absolutely ran the show. Yeah, I've also had a, a sort of long term viewers will, will know that obviously my granddad used to call me Jinky. And it wasn't to do with the fact I was any good at football. It's the fact I had red curly hair when I was growing up. And he used to always call me wee Jimmy Johnson. And sadly, um, he, he, he passed away quite a while ago now, but he got dementia. And the last time I saw him was as an adult. And he was asking me where wee Jinky was. So he remembered me as a kid even at that stage. So Jimmy Johnson always had this thing where I was kind of fascinated by him. And also I never got to see him play. And um, I would have loved to go and be in Spain Real Madrid and just watch Jinky just run riot. And, and, was, and, they, they were and, and all the fans. Yeah, like that. Just <clears throat> adored by everyone, by yep. Real Madrid, by the... And, you know, at, at that time as well, I've never experienced a time where Scottish footballers and Scottish football has been so in an even keel with the rest of the world as it would have been then. Mm. And for to see Celtic just, just teaching the world how to play football... Um, and Jimmy Johnson just running right that would have been my personal I'll, I'll go back to that and, and see there just Absolutely. because to, just to see the, the look in the Spaniard's faces as they're enamoured by this wee guy this wee, this wee red-headed maestro um, running yeah, riot tell them apart you're right the, the, the away crowd or the home crowd sorry in the Bernabeu were, were shouting ole 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 every time he skinned a defender and, and back then this is the thing people going about the change in football and all this, but Real Madrid back then were a lot richer than Celtic, right? So that that gap, yeah, it might have widened, but they were still a lot richer than Celtic. And they had won something like four of the previous six European Cups 
I need to check that, but it, it wasn't far off that. Yeah, we were still the best club in the world, weren't we? Biggest best club, yeah. And we we went and we beat them one 0 and Bobby Lennox scores the goal, and you know that that kind of moment. And there's a picture of wee Jinky with the ball and he's holding it in the air, and Jim Moore poetically says it was almost as if he had the world in his hands. You know, wee Jimmy Johnson. Um, but the impact of that was incredible, and it would blow your mind to go back and watch that and for it to be in colour. It would be as just well. to me then, just just a it'd be lovely for just to watch them play anyway. But in that stage, you know, also the European Cup would be the main one. But just that night, it was almost like you know, it's it's, it's one of those frustrating things. I think being a, a Scottish football fan, I've been a Celtic fan. Sometimes you always look you look for validation for other teams. You know, I remember how they lost at mind when Messi said Celtic Park was one of the best atmospheres in world football, mm-hmm. and it's nice to hear because it's the best player saying it. So there is a part of you goes, oh, we know how much we love the club, but it's nice to hear it for some new respect. And I think yeah. we don't see Real Madrid just in awe of this this wee guy, this five foot five ginger haired guy for Glasgow just running riot. It just just perfect stuff. And I, I, that would be the moment I, I wish I could go back and see. Hopefully, we'll see that something something like that in the future. You know, but um, yeah, that that would be the moment I think probably. I like that. I like that question. Credit to Andrew Milne for posing it. Um, your Celtic time machine, let us know what you would go back and watch. The underwater cabbage salesman's in on the YouTube to say 100% should be the Tommy Burns Academy. Totally agree with that. Um, we've also got Martin Heaney. Totally agree. No better man to name it uh, than after than Tommy. Michael Ross agrees also. It's one of his all-time Celtic heroes. And I'm sure loads of years like Johnny Ryan been calling for the academy to be renamed in Tommy Burns memory for a long, long time. Why doesn't the club do it? Uh, get it done. Get it done, Celtic. And I think um, we should always be pushing that until it happens. Now, I tell you what, oh, sorry, just to interrupt. See if Peter Lowell wants the club fans on side, his first act as chairman, rename the, state, rename the academy. PR just- genius. PR genius. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, before we move on from tomorrow's preview, because uh, I don't disagree with what you were saying about the, the team lineup there, uh, Brian, give me a prediction for tomorrow. I think it's going to be a tight one. I think there'll be a goal on it. I really do. I think it'll be 1-0 Celtic. Yeah, I think I think it's tight. I think the, the interesting thing with teams against this particular Celtic side is even if they sit in deep, they're going to get broken down. So they probably think, well, do we try and press them and hope we can catch them in the break? I don't know. It's like one of those sticker twist things. But what you can guarantee is they won't, won't embarrass because everyone will expect Celtic and Angie's team to go there and smash them. And I, I just... Also, we've got the capability to do it. We've got the capability to beat anybody comfortably in the league. But I just think there'll be... Jim Goodwin's a good manager. He's been doing well. And I think he's... This thing of Aberdeen always get battered off Celtic, we have that, he said. And I think he'd be wanting to make a good impression. Because imagine like getting a result for him getting into January with his players as well. We'd be massive. So it's, mm. as always, Celtic are a huge scalp. But I think it'll be... Uh, I think it might... Uh, this makes sense, I'm contract myself. I think it might be like maybe 3-1. But it's a bit tight. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes 3-1, you batter them. It could be 5-6-7. Whereas sometimes it's, it's you know quite close and maybe catch them the count or something I think one of those games I hope it's an absolute doing if I'm honest but because that would be a good way to start off but yeah I think as long as we, we, we turn up we play our game I think we'll win 
but I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a, a walkover. I'm always cautious, especially since St Mirren. I'm always a, a bit cautious, just in case. You know, has that grey strip ever been worn since? I don't think so. You know, you, you, you absolutely, you know, you relate certain jerseys to certain moments. Love Street 86, everybody's thinking of the lime green strip, right? And that's what happens. You just remember the moments and the jerseys. And remember the Scotland, the, Scotland, the Scotland strip? It was the, the pink one. Oh, yeah, that's salmon. Uh-huh. Salmon. And I think <laughs> we played against Georgia. It was actually McLeese that was in charge. We played against Georgia and we got battered. And it seemed like the easiest way. If they won that, we'd have qualified at the time. And they never wore it again. And there was a famous man, you one as well, that was great, remember? Yes. Yep. Yeah, he went absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Southampton, yeah. They got, it was at the Dell. And San- right, Southampton man. are winning at half time. Um, and I, I think we tried to blame the jersey against St Mirren, but it was more to do I with know, the performance. <laughs> Listen, the World Cup is still upon us. Um, I don't think we've overdone it despite the fact that there's not been much happening domestically over the last few weeks. But I want to talk about the impact of the World Cup on Celtic. And I was reading a report this morning about the financial impact. Obviously, you get paid for the, the days that your players are, are participating in the World Cup. And the payment gets split as well between former clubs. So we're going to be making money from the fact that Frimpong was there and Olivia and Cham was there. We'll be making money from that. Um, and we'll, we'll be getting a cut of something like 800 odd grand, which is tremendous on a financial level. And success breeds that kind of success. You've got four players there, plus a few others who um, have been at the club previous to the club they're playing it. So we make money. Fantastic. But I want to look at also the impact on the players who were there, Brian. Um, and, uh, you know, it might sound obvious, but the impact on Juranovic, um, it may basically be that he's worth more money than what he, that he was worth before the World Cup. And we'll run through the fourth player. So we'll start off with Juranovic. He's been on the, you know, he's been on the headlines all kind of uh, for the, the World Cup period. Um, are you resigned to losing him? First thing, the fact we've got a new right back in. Do you think Juranovic will be sold in January? Yes. And I think, quite honestly... It's going to sound callous, but even if they didn't want to go, I'd be looking to sell them because now is the time you capitalise, right? You get a guy that went to the semi-finals of the World Cup. It was probably one of Croatia's best players over the tournament, you've got to say. Even being unbiased, everybody was talking about him. Mm-hmm. His performance against Brazil was, was incredible. So you've, you've got to think, if you're going to sell him, now's the time. And I think given the fact they've already signed another right-back in Alistair, yeah. uh, Alistair Johnson, then you have to say, well, it's time for him to go. My big bugbear with it is I'm worried that we sell them and we're under volume mm. because if you're going to tell me 25 million pound is it like anything less than that is unthinkable for me you know a guy at the peak of his career has played in the Champions League Croatian International World Cup semi-finalist mm-hmm. you know it's if, you, if, he's, if he plays for Leicester he's gone for 60 million 70 million 80 million no problem. No problem. We can't allow him to go for anything less than 25. And even then, I'd go, I'm going to push the mail. Now, people might think that's crazy, but he's still got like three and a half years left in his deal, mm-hmm. which is another thing they've done really well, by the way, since um, Nicholson's come in. There's longer deals for this, for this very reason. So I think 25 million easy. If we take something like 15 from him or, or 12 and a half with add-ons, I think we're, that's insanity. And I'd be really disappointed. I think um, 
But we're also setting the bar, aren't we, yeah. really? Because there's players at the club, Brian, and I'm not thinking about losing Jota, Katavikas, O'Reilly, Hatati. There's players at the club who will get attention from big spending teams. We know that. So we don't want to set the bar too low. I think I that's don't. really, really important. With your and I think what it does is as well, it, as, as you say, sort of, if you look at the profile Celtic's got, because how many times were Celtic mentioned during that World Cup? I know. It was, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it was great exposure. And it goes back to that thing about being sort of vindicated by outside sources because Celtic's been talked about on the world stage, again, even after the Champions League. And these players are getting talked about. So that's good for their profile as a club anyway. And there'll be loads of eyes on these players. So if Janovic goes on the cheap and goes for 13 million, clubs have gone, well, get O'Reilly, pinch him, get Jordan, pinch him, CCV, no problem, throw 8 million at them and take it. Whereas if he goes for 25, 26, 27, Clubs will go right well for one of their top players. That's near market value. Mm-hmm. I think you'd look, if you would like O'Reilly just now, with his age, his ability, his contract, shorter, Carter Vickers, you're looking. You've got to be looking in that upward trajectory, twenty million. But I get easily, and I think you're on a bit It's really important for us that not only that we sell him, but we sell him for the right amount. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, you can't value a player from uh, the valuations on transfer market. That's for sure. Uh, Joe Alton. <laughs> Joe Alton. Who in their right mind can't see what we James has achieved? 100%. We, we ran a, a show not that long ago talking about James Forrest as a legend. I think it was a statement rather than a question, to be fair. Um, and, you know, it divides opinion. Of course it does. But I think when we look back on a player like James, we'll realise, you know, the achievements, everything that he's done, just how one important he was. Well. Absolutely, yeah. mate. Absolutely. Probably going to be one club man. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's important that we've got a few of those players in the squad we've got McGregor I know he's been out on loan but like Ralston a couple of loan deals but they're one club men in terms of the, their parent clubs and a club like Celtic and it's not being over sentimental Brian I think that's important I really do I think it's vital um, to have that core I, I lifted up the programme a couple of times in my first game in 87 and whilst I appreciate that the game has changed dramatically since then there are some certain traditions and I don't mean brown brokes there are certain traditions that you need to keep at a club so if you've got two or three players who have come through and they know what it means to lose or draw a game and the fact that that's not acceptable and you know the standards of the club I think that's that's vital for Celtic you're talking of vital we've got vital Celtic news um, coming in uh, there we go cannot agree more on Taylor and that's that's going back to your original point there Brian and you will be seeing more of vital Celtic news in the future that's what I'm saying they might be joining us for the charity weekend or they, you might see more uh, of Paddy on A Celtic State of Mind in the coming weeks, months and hopefully years. Ryan Kelly, McMahon has got some vital goals too, I believe. He did have a knack. He had a knack of doing that, didn't he? Coming up and, and winning headers and scoring goals domestically you know and in Europe. See, when you think about... So, it's, you mentioned the early phone and I meant to bring it up then, but that's just reminded me. See, when you look at... There's this idea of jobs for the boys at Celtic a wee bit because Kennedy's been there forever and, you know, welcome back, etc. But the, the flip side of that, the good side of that is like guys like Steve McManus, Dan O'Day, they were brought through, brought up around Tommy Burns and I think he instilled in these guys. Yeah. And you cannot underestimate the values that these players have got because of a man like him. So having that, having guys like Dan O'Day, having Steve McManus at the club, Especially with the younger guys, letting them know that it's not just about being a good player, it's about 
what it means to play for Celtic, the type of person yeah. you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think Callum McGregor's a really good example of that. You know, how he lives his life, how he goes about his business, the type of guy he is. And I think Ange coming in, obviously, he's, he's, he's made for Celtic, even though he's so disconnected initially. But I think having guys like Odie and McManus at the club are, are really, really key. Just I agree with you. I think, yeah, you don't want to say just because you play for Celtic today, but there's certain guys that just want, you want to carry that on. So say, say for example, a guy like Rocco Varta, he's on to a great career at Celtic. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And he eventually comes back as a coach. You know, he'll have learned from McManus no day the type of man to be. You know, he's the type of player. And they learned that from Tommy Burns. He learned that from so-and-so. And, so, and it goes back and forth. Yeah. And that's what they do kind of special as well, I think, is having that continuity of coaching and culture. I, I totally agree with it. I think um, last season... It might have been when when John Kennedy took over the no last season the season before last when he took over from Neil Lennon on an interim basis, and we were talking about yeah, you know obviously it was his granddad was Jimmy Delaney, um so you're going right back the oldest book shameless plug the oldest jersey rather in my latest book is a Jimmy Delaney jersey from the 1940s, but John Kennedy there's a great picture of him signing, and behind. John Kennedy um, you know is Tommy Burns I think Willie McStay's there as well um, Stephen McManus is in the same picture in actual fact they're both signed on the same day and then you take Tommy Burns there's a picture of Tommy Burns signing and who's standing behind him Sean Fallon there's a picture of Sean Fallon signing it's Jimmy McGrory who signed Jimmy McGrory Willie Maley so you know there's a bloodline to the very origins of Celtic Football Club and that is important and yeah some people might not be interested in all that and I tell you what as well, like, we'll use another club as an example of where it went wrong. So see if you look at Alex Ferguson at Man United, I'm not going to a United podcast, right, so I'm not that interested in them, but it's interesting to see, obviously, he had a culture, a success for years, but it's about the way he brought players through, the things he instilled in them, and then he left and look at them now, they're just a Premier League club, they're not special about them, they're just another club. I know J.P. Yeah. will hate that because he's a Man United <laughs> fan, but... They are. They're just. I, I used to like Man United. They're just a club now because you lose that. Seeing you lose that, and that's one of the things we spoke about before about Celtic maybe getting took over one day or being part of the City Group or some madness like that. You kind of don't want that. Jim Orr made a brilliant point as he often does. He says, "Would you be happy if Celtic players were getting hundred grand a week, two hundred grand a week?" Mm. He's like, and I, I get that because we, we're unique in our own way, and it doesn't mean we're the most successful we'll ever be. But that's not what it's about. It's about the people and about the culture and. You talk about photos. There's that beautiful photo as well. It was one of the last photos Jimmy Johnson ever got took. Tying together two of your points and it was with Big McManus because he signed, I think he signed Bells Hill. Right. And he used to go and visit him all the time. And it's a beautiful, it's one of the last photos Jimmy Johnson got took and it's with Big, big, uh, big Mike McManus, Big Steve McManus. So 
that there's a real synergy about Celtic, even your conversation ties back. It's and it's I say mean I think mean Caverly, the romantics are axel and, and it, that's why, because there's such beautiful symmetry in the stories of Celtic. Absolutely. There is a romanticism, there's no doubt about it. Um, if JJ's big impact is that he's going to be worth more to Celtic when we uh, inevitably sell him, what do you think Moy um, has brought back from these World Cup exploits? Because I think that one of the big things is he may have already proved a lot of his doubters wrong, but he, you know he added to that. I think his performances in the World Cup, Ryan, added to any doubters out there who didn't think he was good enough for Celtic, or you know it was a jobs for the boys. And saying it, I never ever subscribed to that. And I've said from day one since we signed him, it was a shrewd signing by Ange Postecoglou, and I think he's proved that both before the World Cup and then he has absolutely cemented it during the World Cup as well. And he should be coming back with a bit more confidence that, you know, he he is good enough for this level. He is good enough to play for Celtic. So I both agree and disagree with you on that. I agree in that. I think we had the same opinion when he came in. I thought it was a no-risk transfer. We didn't pay any money from him. Very experienced, great pass to the ball. I think he was good for the squad. because Again, he's very experienced. He's a very clever footballer. I don't think he's added anything to himself the World Cup because... We place, he's going to play such a different role for Celtic than he does for Australia. And he's experienced enough that he seems one of those level-headed guys anyway. And I think, yeah, maybe he'll get a bit more confidence having played at the World Cup, but I don't think it's going to affect in the slightest how he plays for Celtic because mm. we play such a different way and he plays such a different role in that that I don't think it's going to particularly boost us takes of a good World Cup. If he'd a bad World Cup and he could back with no confidence, then that might have been a negative. But I don't think he's he's going to add any more than he already adds. But the caveat being, I think he adds quite a bit. So mm. I, I just think he's he's a bit like Tumble for me. And that, I say, I think it's an excellent footballer, particularly Tumble, I think it's brilliant. But it's that physicality, that athleticism that they lack that I think is going to stop them, you know, and Angie's team. And I think that's the case whether he's had a good World Cup or not. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. A couple of others that we'll be talking about. I want to bring this this in here to to welcome sixty seven uh, to Axel. If you're new to the show, welcome to the show. Where Juranovic won't play in in the third place playoff. He's got a calf injury, and he could actually be out for a couple of weeks, which is unfortunate. But again, this is something that really, if you if you take your Celtic time machine back to when Ange took over, Brian, right? And basically we're scratching about with one right back, which was Tony Ralston, which was the reason he got the games and he proved he was good enough, more than proved that. Um, You've got a situation at centre-half where we've had to play near Beton in the Champions League again against Mitchelland. And when he gets sent off, we've got to play an 18-year-old and give him his debut and Dane Murray. Dane Um, Murray's in the SC, I still think he's going to be a, a key player for us. I hope I hope so. I, I was really impressed with his two performances in Europe um, and I hope we do see more of him. But going back to the right-backs, it just shows you there that, right, he's out for a couple of weeks and I'm not that concerned, right? And what I mean by that, no disrespect to Juranovic, you've got Tony Ralston there that you know can take the jersey. Uh, we're going to have Alistair Johnson. Um, that we're going to have three right-backs, Brian, where previously we, we could not fill that role and I've spoke about it before right back to Lustig we we never replaced them you know the, the one player in that run of Tolians and Bowers and all these guys were, oh, <laughs> was was Frimpong and he wasn't never a right back if you ask me 
I don't think he was a right back. He was more of an offensive player. So we've now got three. And it just shows you the job that Ange's done in terms of the recruitment, the quality of recruitment. And I know that, you know, there's been a couple that people might argue with. I'm, I'm pretty convinced Sean Urigidi were signings that were legacy buys that Ange had little to do with. There's, there's a, a train of thought thinking that perhaps McCarthy was a similar buy. You know, which players haven't worked out? Eddie Gucci, probably. Um, is the only one. Um, so, you know, Bernabe is yet to be seen, but he strengthened that area of the park because he is obviously pushing for a first-team jersey. Um, so I'm not going to write him off. People might write off Abelgar. I don't think it's time to write him off either. So, yeah, it's a good point that he's going to be out for a few weeks, but it doesn't concern me. And I just think that shows the strength of the squad we've got, Brian. Well, in his testament, he answers a coach because I look at it, we spoke with Greg Taylor earlier, Ralston was spoke about sort of ad nauseum because he is, you know, actually, I think he's been better this season than Juranovic when he's played. I know Juranovic has played more, and I think Juranovic is a better player. But I think Ralston, anytime he's played for us, he's been he's been really good. I think his crossing is excellent. I actually think his range of passing is very impressive, Ralston. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's you need to come to that midfield and he's pinging balls about. He's actually you know considering where he came from and how much we all write him off, myself included probably at the start, he's, he's been excellent. And do you know what's funny, Paul? So I, I joined that song. Just, I think, I think it was after Kennedy's last couple of games, to just right at the end of that season, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I remember, I think one of the first things I said was that I, I almost don't look forward to a game at that stage. Like you watch it because it's Celtic, but I was going, oh, we're going to be rotten today. Like you just had that in your mind. You're like, this is going to be really dull. Lennon's going to say something crazy at the end of the game. It's, do you know what I mean? It's it was just that situation. I love Lennon, but that was the situation at the time. Whereas looking at it now, 18 months. I, know. I mean, I still feel like the new guy that I've been here 18 months. And look at the transformation in the team. It's, it's, it's insane, the difference. And oh, I yeah. anyone that, know that most people know really criticise you on January, but if you're ever unsure of how far we've came, just watch any of the games. For the, the Lennon's last season, particularly, it was a lot end. I watched the, the, the John Kennedy Dundee United, nothing each at Parkhead game, and then watched anyone Angie's games and tell me there's not a huge difference. It's, oh. it's remarkable. It really is something special. It's a real transformation. As well. I mean, insane. Oh, the transformation's been incredible. I mentioned earlier, yeah, we get up and it's a bit frosty and it's a bit cold and, you know, you're a bit uncomfortable for five minutes until the car heats you up. Uh, But those who are not as fortunate as us, Brian, have to be looked after and there's a few things happening this weekend. Uh, Tell us what you're up to tomorrow, first and foremost. So um, I'm joining the the Swindon Shamrocks. We've arranged a a, a charity day. So there's a... <clears throat> the full address, the full details are available um, online. Just just Google the Swindon Shamrocks. But we've got Caitlin Tierney coming down. She's going to be doing singing performance. Um, it's a tapping barrel pub in Swindon. We've got it booked out for the day, so it's only Celtic fans that are going to be there. It's five pound in the door. But the most important thing about that is the proceeds are going to charity and uh, to support local food banks, local charities. We've got a, a toy drive for kids that are not going to get presents at Christmas or might not get much. So people are bringing down old toys and stuff like that. So, you know, as well as it being for a, a, an amazing cause, it's a gathering of Celtic fans, you know, gave first game back, brilliant band on, raffle for the prizes, a few brilliant prizes donated by uh, Paul himself here. We've got a couple of axon jerseys. You'll see, blurred out because the room's a mess. 
and <laughs> um, a couple of books as well for a great cause and uh, they're a brilliant group of, of people at the supporters club so if anybody's come down anywhere near the area pop in and see us um, give us a wee shout it's going to be a brilliant day and it's for a great cause ah, Superb and it's great to hear uh, Brian, the, the Celtic Supporters Club down there is is obviously coming together, but you talk about it quite a bit um, down in Swindon, which, so if you're in the area, give the boys a wee visit and get involved, as we do every year now, because we started it uh, two years ago, this is our third annual charity weekender, uh, we were going to be going live, or we're going to be providing 24 hours of uh, broadcasting over Saturday and Sunday. We're raising cash for the birthplace of Celtic, um, as we have done uh, last year. And what they do <clears throat> is they are obviously heavily involved in the community, Brian. There's loads of people needing serious help, and St Mary's down in Carlton, they provide that help. They, they give um, comfort to a lot of people who be that financial stress, uh, mental stress, domestic stress, uh, and they are there to help. So we are raising as much cash as we possibly can. Uh, and I'm not going to be talking about targets and all this kind of stuff. It's all about just making what we can and you know people donating what they possibly can. So there is a, a donation link underneath this particular video. If you can give us a quid or anything more, please do so. It's all going to a tremendous cause. And because it's the third year, I thought to myself, Brian, we need to do something a wee bit different to keep the interest levels high. So we went and decided to release a single at Christmas time. Why not? Right? And you've got to thank everybody that's been involved in that. So the writers of the song, and I've said this a few times, but I don't tire of saying it because I'm, I think there's a sense of pride that all these people have come together. JJ Gilmore from The Silencers, Gary John Keane from The Proclaimers, they've written this song called The Glory and The Dream. And people have said to me in the last week, yeah, there was a Celtic book called The Glory and The Dream. Absolutely, there, there was. And it was written for the centenary of the club, as was this song. So they were actually written at the same time. But the song been sitting in a vault since 87, so the song's as old as this programme, 1987. And um, what we did is we re-recorded it. The Wakes went into the recording studio. They completely transformed it. It was originally a kind of folk song. It's now a, a rock song, I would say, or a pop song. And the backing vocals have been provided by the phenomenal Carly Connor. Her voice is sensational. When you hear it coming in on the chorus, the, the hairs stand up in the back of the neck. So tonight, 7 o'clock, tune on into the YouTube channel because there's going to be a video premiere of that particular song. Underneath this video right now, you can pre-save it. You can pre-save that song. You download it on Monday. If we can get eight to 10,000 downloads, it will be in the charts. That's just insane. Um, but if it raises money, that's what it's all about. So get involved. We've got loads of things happening over the weekend. We'll be covering the game on Saturday, of course. We'll be covering the World Cup final on Sunday and there's loads of other things to look forward to so get involved subscribe like download donate if you can I know times are hard they're hard for everybody out there but I always uh, think to myself Brian there's people who have got it worse off than us and if we can help them we will Paul listen I'm, I'm sitting here like Professor X I've got a blanket over me I'm freezing and, and we're, we're, we're a lot better off than, than a lot of people now so Listen, for anybody watching, anybody listening, anybody seeing the single, you don't need to like Axel, you don't need to like Paul or I, you don't need to like any contributors, you need to agree with us, but it's the Celtic ethos. We want to try and use this as a drive to, to help as many people as possible. So 
any help, as Paul says, is vastly appreciated, not by us, but the pe- people it's going to. You know, there's kids at Christmas can eat, and, and that's tragic, and we can help that. So, so please get involved, as Paul says. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, you're right, Martin, no better group to do this than the Wakes. I have been blown away with their interpretation of the song, and all these guys are doing it for absolutely now. I mean, we met up at Celtic Park on a very, very cold uh, morning very recently at quarter to seven, and Paul's there, and he's ready. But it was too dark, and we had to wait till 20 past eight before we started filming. But we were there, um, for sure. I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully the voice keeps up because it's already being lost <clears throat> before we start a 24-hour marathon of broadcasts. But I'm sure we'll get through it, Brian. It's always a real pleasure. For those old and new, some people watching for the first time today, subscribe to the channel. We've got loads coming up uh, in 2023. And all that's left for me to say, Brian, I almost called you Brian Gilmer. Brian Degden, thank you once again for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.